0: Listening to the full 10 yards podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the full 10 yards podcast, Wednesday, 27th of March. Welcome you in. It's going to be a fun one today. You could say it's going to be more fun than Robert Gronkowski's retirement party, but that is to be confirmed. Uh, Lee, Lee, did you get your tickets?
1: Yeah yeah definitely it's going to be a big one
0: isn't it. Yeah it's going to be going to be a massive one got some uh, some stellar cast here uh, on the on the show today but we'll get to Rob Gronkowski in just a bit but today's show it's going to be all about three agency lots of stuff to get through and um, we decided to do it now Lee didn't we because it's it's died down a little bit dust has settled so we can kind of you know we've we've taken a step back and kind of have a, another opinion or just to just reiterate other people's opinions I I guess of all the all the deals that have gone through.
1: Yeah definitely and obviously you know you know, like you say, it's died down. There's lots of deals being done. There's only really like the tail enders and whoever gets cut now might get re-signed and there might be a big, big name here or there once you know the shot cuts come out. But obviously, we've got to get it in because obviously in four or five days' time, it's draft season. I mean, it's draft season all around for me, but uh, yeah, it starts for everyone else in four or five days' time. So we've got to get it in and uh, get this wrapped up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A bit later on, on towards the end of the podcast, we will uh, we'll go through what's coming up on the full 10 yards. Some exciting times over the next week. Uh, we have the quiz today as usual. It's uh, it's D from Cover Two TV. He's going to tackle the ten questions, looking for that all elusive nine or ten. Uh, but yeah, as as it's free agency here at the full ten yards, we've made some some one podcast acquisitions of our own. Uh, Charlie from Ice Kicker. Charlie, welcome in
2: thank you for having me yeah i'm very excited about the free agency pod
0: yeah absolutely and uh, of course the, we have the double signing of two 5 yard rushers which works well with the uh, the 10 yards doesn't it so uh, we we welcome alongside charlie uh, stocks and murph from 5 yard rush boys how are we doing
3: yeah really good mate thanks for having us on uh we know we were expensive, but we hope to prove uh, great value for the long term uh, on this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, one and all.
0: Yeah. Yes. Uh, say a stellar cast today. Uh, talking of, uh, say it's, it's gonna be a fun one today. Talking of, uh, of fun, Robert Gronkowski. When he uh, undoubtedly has his uh, Hall of Fame party, here's, here's a question for you. We go, we'll do a roundtable. Leave. Start with you. Uh, at his party, will there be more beers or more women? <laughs>
1: uh, I think even more women to be honest mm. he's not, not really pictured with that one sometimes is he
0: no absolutely not Charlie
2: oh more beer I'm going to go with more beer
0: ok well I suppose if if you have more beer the more beer you drink then the, the number of women that are in the room will double as well because you've got, got boy beer goggles on but uh, five yard rush <laughs> boys what do, what do we reckon
4: I don't. I think it's going to be an equal fifty-fifty split, and the longer the party goes, the more of each is going to be imported. I just I don't think there's an unlimited number on either.
0: Mm. Mm. Murph, Three Murph,
4: different answers. How diplomatic?
0: Yeah, I know. I know it's awful. But, <laughs> Murph, Murph, I don't know if uh, if Rob Gronkowski is going to be uh, able to coordinate such a, such an, uh, a situation where there's going to be equal beers and women throughout the whole uh, the, the whole evening.
3: Ah, oh, you never know. Um, it depends. I think it all depends on his uh, secondary cast that he brings in. How many WWE wrestlers is he going to bring? Because, mm. I mean, if he brings Stone Cold, then the beers oh. will massively zero head because he'll drive in with his beer truck, mm. his Budweiser truck. And then, but with Stone Cold comes the women. Yeah. So.
0: Well, no, you, know, mate, you say, you you say that. You say that. You need to invite the Godfather for the women.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be yeah. If you if you ever wanted to invite two people to a party, Stone Cold and The Godfather would probably be up there in the top three, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a cracking party, actually.
3: Yeah, why don't we just blow this off and why don't we go to that instead?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Certainly a ticket I would I would buy. But uh, I was looking through some of Gronk's stuff today, and I noticed that one of his uh, high school reports or one, you know his little page that he has, it said that he listed his hobbies as working out, playing sports, and chicks. So that that pretty much <laughs> says all we need to know about Gronk, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, can I just interject with my favourite Gronk story of all time? Go for it. When he was playing, I think it's high school basketball. He intentionally missed a 3 throw at the end of the game, so he finished with sixty-nine points.
0: There you
4: yeah. go. It's not the only time he's done that as well. He did that two years ago in uh, for the Patriots, and in fantasy, he killed me last game of the season because he had no receptions, so he could finish with sixty-nine receptions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. There you go.
0: There you go. We, uh, we
4: have a claim to fame, actually, that we're actually followed on Twitter
3: by Chris Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski's brother.
0: Ah, very nice. He played for the Cowboys at some point, didn't he?
3: That's correct. Three years, and he's now promoting something called com, which <laughs> is drink clean and ice cold. So <laughs> no doubt there'll be many of those items also
0: at this party. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely indeed. But uh, on a more serious note, Lee, we start with you. What, what did you make of the, the Gronkowski retirement news? Obviously, um, if he was going to come back, it was only been one for one year, wasn't it? But he's, uh, he's decided to hang it up. didn't want to put his body through it again.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we've been saying, he's sort of like half by one now anyway, isn't he? So, yeah, it's just a case of putting his body first for a change, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's pretty, pretty surprised, actually. It always is a big surprise when, you know, when a big player retires. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's gone at the right time. He's retiring at the top, isn't he? And uh,
0: you know we always remember it as one of the best tight ends to ever do it. Yeah, absolutely. And Charlie, yeah, say one of the best tight ends to ever do it. That that obviously applies to fantasy football as well. He's going to be a big void uh, to fill.
2: Oh, massive! He's normally the first, one of the first at least tight ends off the board, along with you know Kelsey and Zach Ertz. But he was always the go-to man, wasn't he, in the earlier rounds? And there's there's been a massive discussion. Some people actually over Twitter, I'm sure you guys have seen it saying he's he's potentially not even a Hall of Famer. But for me, especially. As I've, I've grown in the last NFL in the in the years that I've watched it, he's he's always been the man. He's he's definitely a hall of famer for me, and he will be sorely missed.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Murph and and, and Stocks, uh, yeah, obviously the comparisons to to Tony Gonzalez as well have been have been thrown out. Which which one uh, takes it for you?
3: So it's funny enough, we had this discussion earlier, and I've abstained. I've tabled this for a year because I do not want rice, uh, recency bias uh, bias to chip in here. Mm. Um, They both should be admired for what they've achieved. One for really, well, they both revolutionised the position in different ways, but you have to take your your cap off to to Tony Gonzalez for the amount of years he lasted and the way that he was just so dominant for so many years. But the same way with Gronk, when he was on the field, he was absolutely unblockable at times and he, he really added a lot to the game. I think the, the only mark that will ever go against Gronkowski isn't the way that he played the game, but the amount of games that he missed through injury. And I think that's why I want to table it for a year. And it's a real cop-out answer, but I just don't <laughs> want any recency bias to, to to jump in and cloud it. But I'd like to take a year to think about it and report back in 12 months' time and give you an answer.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that I think that's fair. Stocks, what, what what's your thoughts?
4: So, like Neff said, we just talked about this on our podcast this week, and I initially went for Gronkowski. Kowski is the greatest of all time and how Murph came up with a point, how do you not put someone who's top three at all time at his position mm. into the Hall of Fame? That just doesn't happen. You, you, there's, it's, he's a lock for the Hall of Fame for me and Murph, but I just don't see how someone in the top three at their position doesn't make it to the Hall of Fame. And if he doesn't, it's absolutely ridiculous.
0: No. No, absolutely not. Obviously, the, the, the trade-off between between Gronk and, and, and Gonzalez, obviously, is the longevity of a career. Obviously, Gonzalez did that over, over longer, but Gronk was, uh, was I suppose, was, was higher up in the echelons of, of what he produced on, on the field in his, in his short time. I suppose if you have a one-year, you wanted someone at the top of their game, you'd probably pick Gronk over, over Gonzalez. But I think, um, yeah, Murph, you're, you're, you're probably right to, to wait for a year and, and, and kind of see, let the dust settle a little bit and uh, and, and then go from there, I, I suppose. But spare a thought, everyone, uh, to to Jeremy Macklin, who, of, of he also retired today. Um, so just like when he was on the field, someone's always getting in the way of his limelight. So um, yeah, shout out to Jeremy Macklin. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there we go.
3: Fair enough. I just wanted to add one last thing on, on Gronk. Is It's a really good thing that he won the Super Bowl uh, this year because if not, we would have remembered the last significant play in the NFL for Rob Gronkowski, future Hall of Famer, yeah. to be that failed tackle on the Miami Miracle.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, that was funny. That always makes me laugh. That just his legs, just and and the anesthetic. The... Someone's put anesthetic in his legs there for that for that play. Absolutely hilarious. Um, before yeah. before we get into the into the crux of the podcast, boys, uh, a couple of other bits of news uh, that I just wanted to, to bring to your attention. The one less uh, less more important, although Charlie, you probably like this one. Uh, Packers at Bears opening kickoff uh, to celebrate obviously the hundred years and obviously the historic rivalry there as well. The, uh, head of the uh, Patriots. Would normally be opening up this season. Um Anyone, anyone, ideas on when when that last happened? When the Super Bowl champions didn't defend on opening night?
2: No, that's a good stat. Mm.
0: So I, I think it's two thousand and three. Actually, I've got early two thousands. It was Washington versus the New York Jets. Yeah. Don't know. I don't know as to why that was the case. I didn't read any in, into any more than that. <laughs> that's what. That's some research. Yeah, I mean, I'll do. I'll do a half-ass job, and then yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of research that we go for on four ten yards. Absolutely. Uh, any 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 qualms of, of Packers Bears opening night, chaps?
2: No, I think it's a it's a great game to open with. Obviously, I'm a Packers fan, but it's the oldest rivalry in sports, the oldest rivalry in the NFL. The Packers are in their hundredth year as well. I mean it's it will be a great game and it opened last year, week one, we had the Aaron Rodgers going down, Khalil Mack's first game, the Sean Kaiser coming in and Rogers comeback, the ultimate comeback. It's a great it's a great game to open with. And also, what I kind of like about it is that it's on a Thursday night, so the Packers have three more days as a rest week for week two. So it's like a mini-bye week, so I'm already excited about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Course, now,
3: if Aaron I- Rodgers gets injured again, you certainly won't be, because that'll be the end of the season in week one for the second
2: year in a row. <laughs> uh, oh. hey, welcome to Dishon Kaiser under Matt LeFleur. You lot are missing something. Get him in the third round in fantasy now. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
0: what, I want to play your league. Yeah, <laughs> you want to play yeah. your league Right now, <laughs> sign me up. Dynasty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I lost my thought then for a second. Oh, yeah, and no, I think oh, some of the uh, Vegas uh, lines have got, uh, have got the uh, the Bears as four point favorites uh, lead. Do you, do you think that's a bit too much, or do you reckon that's about right?
1: Uh, no, it's way, it's way too early to say. I mean, this guy, whoever's putting money on that now is just ridiculous.
0: Well, you calling me? Are you calling me ridiculous?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yes, I am yes i am no i mean i i i, I haven't put a on it just just put it out there just uh, <laughs> just just to make that clear um but I, I i thought if you're if you're if you're punting now and you are are a degenerate uh there are degenerates out there um, I would probably take Packers plus four because I just I quite like Packers plus four. They, they, they say we'll, we'll get onto some of the free agency signs they've made, but yeah, we really like at this early stage. Uh, you usually get three or four points, don't you, for home field advantage? So it makes it the bookies are saying what well, it's evens, evens, evens for the teams. But there would be plenty of people probably taking the Bears there. But yeah, I'd probably be the uh, the zag when everyone else is zigging. Is, is um, and then yeah last bit of news uh, just the the big news about the uh, the rule changes uh, we're going to be talking to Roger Goodgrove a bit later on in the week as well for ahead of next week's podcast where we look at the the process of what goes into you know owners and and coaches recommending rule changes and how they get implemented and that kind of stuff but the big one guys obviously is the is it now past interference and and even the the non calls are, are now reviewable um, don't like it myself um Leo, Leo, I'll start with you. What what did you you make of it? Because this was a a call that probably wasn't expected to actually go through. So um, I'm I'm A, surprised it went through and B, um, I'm surprised that they're going to implement it a year.
1: I just think it's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction, obviously, to what happened in the playoffs, isn't it, between uh, the Saints and the Rams. It's kind of been brought in because of that, and yeah, I don't like it. It's going to lead to like, it's going to lead to. I mean, it's it's still still subjective, isn't it? It's going to lead to still going to lead to debate. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a something that's going to sum anything up. It's going to be something that's going to cause all the debate, and we're just going to end up with long games.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so just to just to put kind of record straight, so you know the coaches can can now challenge those calls, and, but they don't have any extra challenges. It's not just a you know a standalone thing that they can challenge whenever they want. It, it goes as part of their their the two challenges that they can have, or three if they get the first two right. But Murph and Stocks, what did, what do you make of it? Is it? You know, is it is it just a case of it's a knee jerk reaction for the Saints in the Rams game?
4: I think it's a knee jerk reaction. I mean, obviously it definitely help that that happened at that point in the season towards it. I'm not surprised. I mean, I am surprised they got passed, but I think I'm in favour of it. I don't think it's necessarily going to slow games down because you'll see less challenges in the first half and maybe more in the second because people aren't going to want to waste their challenge early in the first half on a spot on the ball if, if you're going to possibly get a longer gain on a PI call that might not necessarily have been called and now you can challenge. So I think I'm in favour of it. And if they implement it in a quicker way than they do now with the rules and I mean you've only got to look on your skybox you can quickly rewind it and especially in the Saints Rams one it was obvious to, even to watching it let alone a quick rewind and you can if you have someone watching it as opposed to the ref having to watch it a bit like the Skycam in the AAF then you can see it really quickly and I don't think it's going to speed um, long make games longer sorry than people might think I mean I understand it might do but I think there is possibly a speed element to it and I you know when it's as blatant as it was in the Ram Saints game I think that that will definitely change the tide of the way games are outcomes mm.
0: yeah actually Charlie I want to get your thoughts and so I, I kind of I was, was mulling it earlier at work because I was bored but um you know do, do you reckon we could we could get to an instance where you know the final two minutes where it's all it's all conducted from the booth that you know, wide receivers or you know, even the defensive players will will go out looking for that contact, and then you know every play, everyone's going to have their hands up in the air. And you know, the VAR stuff in in football. And you know, do do we reckon that the the instances or the simulation where they you know, teams want to to go to review within the final two minutes all the time? Do, do you think we'll see an uptick in, in instances of it of of the the instant replay being used? Mm, I
2: don't necessarily agree with that. I'm not, I mean, like with any new rule change. They're going to have people for and against it and be like, hmm, how's that going to work? And with any of these new rules, they're going to take time to bed in because we're still getting to grips with it all. And they're going, there's going to be ov- the obvious teething problem. So it will take a certain time. But I have to agree with Chris. I think you made a good point that I'm actually for this rule. And I think that if it has the potential to actually make the game better, like you said, th- these are obvious calls that we need to help. And and a change and that game I think this was the inevitable anyway and that game only highlighted it ever so ever so much and apparently this week in the in the league's meetings and the GMs and the coaches Sean, Sean Payton gave a 25 minute speech and apparently he, he put his points across and everyone was for it apart from the Bengals apparently which the Bengals always seem to be uh, always that little bit behind but um it, I, I personally think it's the right step. How teams use that to their advantage or disadvantage will be the big sticking point, though.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to zig when you all zag. I, I just, I don't think it should be implemented purely because it doesn't change the, you know... we. If we if we cut this off at the source and, and improve the officiating, or maybe stick another two officials on there, then you're not you're not really going to get these calls that you, like you did in the, in the Saints Rams game. If you if you improve the level of officiating, or put more more guys on the field, you, you're going to stop. You're going to stop instances where you're going to need, you know, to, the need to to want to go to replay and, and and check all this kind of stuff as well. So I just, I just wonder, you know, it's a right saying it's it's there and it can be it can be quick and that, but you're really not dealing with the problem of of the the, the poor officiating that we especially saw last year as well. And uh, I just wonder if if we're going for a solution rather than. Trying to actually fix the problem rather than using using that solution to, to kind of cover over the cracks. I just wonder if that's the right uh, if that if that's the right way to go about it. But you know, everyone has their own opinions, uh, and, and we shall see. But uh, that that pretty much uh, rounds us off for the news. And uh, Do you know what you normally do when you watch the news? You eat breakfast. And that is the topic of our Put the Mockers on it today. You see that pro segue there, guys? Absolutely genius. Um, so, yeah, breakfast is the uh, Put the Mockers on it today. So, we'll do, we'll do a round table. Um, if you number one pick overall in the breakfast draft, Lee, what are you going for? Uh,
1: probably Frosties, I would say.
0: Frosties. Tony, Tony the Tiger coming for breakfast.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, why not?
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, Murph Stocks, what are you going for?
4: Does it have to be a cereal?
0: Um, well, as long as you don't say a roast dinner, I suppose I'll allow it.
4: Yeah, I'm not a massive cereal fan. I'll, I quite like, I don't, I'm going to go for crumpets. Crumpets, yeah we'll,
0: we'll yeah, we'll allow yeah. that. Yeah, we'll allow that. Murph?
3: Um, how many rounds are we doing in this draft? No, no, Just, just <laughs> if, you, if
0: you just had the number one pick, who are you going for?
3: Oh, see, the problem is I've got a real sleeper. That no one else will pick, so I can't pick that. But you, it's my favourite cereal.
0: You can't, you can't have so, breakfast if you're sleeping.
3: Yeah, I can say that. It's always possible.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, true, true. What,
3: what married life's about, right? Well, yeah, Maybe that is, yeah, yeah. In. Um, so I would say, oh, my my favourite cereal of all time is the multigrain star.
0: Ah yes, Murph. Yes, I thought I literally thought I was the only one that ate that cereal.
3: I love I absolutely love it. I don't have it that often. I think it's really hard to find. Mm. It's super niche, which is why I wouldn't take it with the 101. Yeah. I'd take it at like the tenth round. But <laughs> it's my absolute favourite. It's just the best cereal in the world.
0: Oh, yeah, Literally
3: no idea what that is. No. no that was,
0: <laughs> yes. The me that, the me that's
3: and, why I can leave it to the tenth round.
0: Yeah. The me The Mia me Murph Kellogg Stark group. Love it. Yes. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> what's your what's your alternative, Murph?
3: Oh... I would probably have to say, then, if it's not that, see, that's the thing, it's hard. I would probably <laughs> go for
2: crunchy nut cornflakes.
0: Crunchy nut cornflakes, not bad, not bad. Charlie, what are you going for? I'll,
2: I'll do a little double header in the morning. Uh, two slices of peanut butter on toast and sugar puffs.
0: Boom. Not not on the toast. No, not no. on the toast.
2: Not on the toast. <laughs> toast <laughs> on the go. Sugar past to start me off.
0: Right. Okay. What is
2: a hearty tea breakfast.
0: <laughs> Very good. Very good indeed. There we go. We'll we'll put those all up in a in a in a poll and see. Uh, do you see our, our one last week with fizzy drinks? Lee was uh, was fifty fifty split. Lucas, Aidan, Lucas, Aidan, Doctor Pepper. I see it. Yeah. I didn't
1: see it. I'm not surprised. They were both pretty like pretty wild to- uh, choices. Pretty wild indeed.
0: Uh, Talking of wild, let's. Uh, that's a very, also a very nice segue into the free agency. Uh, that was that one wasn't. That one wasn't written down. So I'll, I'll take. Calls. That's
1: just. That's just how we roll. That's just how yeah. we work together.
0: Yeah, more segues than go ape, but uh, yeah, we go. We move on to to QBs. Who's laughing? <laughs>
1: that was bad bad. That was really bad. I
0: know. I know. I'm awful. I'm awful. <laughs> Talking of awful, Nick Foles. Um, QBs. Uh, free agency um, Nick Foles obviously not to be confused with Nick Knowles they could say Jacksonville are doing a bit of DIY SOS themselves weo uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> oh I know it's, all, it's awful isn't it um, I yeah we, <laughs> absolutely um, I, I won't, I, I've got loads of Nick Knowles uh, puns here but I won't, I won't put you all through them but we'll, we'll talk about Nick Foles uh, his contract four years $88 million uh, undoubtedly the beneficiary of a poor free agency class in terms of quarterbacks and and also a draft run at that as well Uh, but lee we start with you jacksonville uh, essentially winning the bidding war against themselves like we said last week and and getting B D in. but why why do you think jags went went for foals over maybe a a draft pick or maybe a a bridge quarterback over over taylor or or, you know mark Lennon or something uh
1: because i mean the quarterback class isn't very good so you know you'd rather get a known commodity i guess um and yeah, they all were paid for him. They weren't doing a bargain hunt. If we're going on the Nick Knowles, uh, you know, vibe. Ah, oh. uh, <laughs> um, you know, they, they, yeah, they just got something that's a known commodity. They they just didn't want to take a quarterback. I mean, they might it might develop him, but I mean, it's better than starting Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray week one.
0: Mm. No, true. Uh, Charlie, what did what did you make of uh, the four-year, eighty-eight million dollars? Is that too much or you know about right? What what did you make of it?
2: I, I think it's a pretty good deal. I feel like I'm in the minority here. I mean, if we're talking yeah. starting quarterback money and if we do it over the four years and it works out around the 20 million mark, some quarterbacks are already way over that. And with the salary cap, it's only going to escalate. This still might look even better in four years. And let's not forget, the guy's a Super Bowl MVP. I know he's had his struggles. He was near to retirement. He was a backup. But I actually... I actually think this is a great move for the Jags. I think he's a great leader, great character, good for the dressing room. And I think he's, he's exactly what the Jags need. And he's got that chemistry and history with John D. Filippo's now at the Jags. And I think the deal great. And if, if this is your man, you know, the quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. If this is the guy to lead the franchise, pay him like it. You can't expect him to take you there and do a job and then go, yeah, but we want to get you a little bit on the cheap as well. You know, he, he chose to leave Philadelphia. He paid the money to get out of it, and I think it's a pretty good deal.
0: Mm. And Murph, I, I suppose you know answering Lee, Lee, the question I posed to Lee as well. The, the reason they signed Foles is that they they still think they've got a tiny bit of a window there with that defense. So you know, picking picking a, a rookie or someone that's that's probably not as uh, well well rounded or you know has the experience that someone like Nick Foles does. That's obviously the reason why they've gone for him.
3: I think the reason they've gone for them is because the front office have looked at what they've done when they've been picking in the top 10 of drafts <laughs> in the last six or the last seven years and gone. We actually don't trust ourselves with our first-round pick to draft a quarterback. Um, I'm going to read you the names of the players they've drafted since 2011 picking in the top 10. Blaine Gabbert, Justin Blackmon, Luke, Joe Oakall, Blake Bortles, Dante Fowler, Jalen Ramsey, which was all right, Leonard Fournette.
0: Yeah, sketchy. So.
3: When, when you can't draft players in the top 10 of picks, uh, and all of those picks were inside the top 10. In fact, they were all inside the top five, except for Blaine Gabbert, who was drafted at 10. You can see why um, they they decided not to draft one. Um, silly money, um, paying him that kind of money. Uh, it's just desperation in a very weak market to, to sign a player like that. I made a public outcry uh, to Tom Coughlin not to do it. <laughs> um, it was too late. <laughs> that's fine um tom i'm sorry i tried but it's just it's just a silly move i i don't mind the signing but for the money i mean i think you could have got him for realistically four years 40 million 20 odd million guaranteed and then no way absolutely so you've been serious who else is paying that money in this market? 10
2: million a year for a starting quarterback. That's less than certain receivers. You being he's not serious? a starting quarterback, Charlie. That's the, that's the point. He's been a backup for five plus years. And now he's starting. So, by definition, he's a starting quarterback.
3: Yeah, but, you know, Fitzmagic's a starting quarterback. He's on less than 10 million a year and he's played more games than Nick Foles has in the last five years. Oh, that's, that's, that's
2: strong <laughs> 10 million a year that is strong 40 million
3: that, but i think that's what they could have signed him for that that's my point is there was no reason to pay him 20 million a year and guarantee him up 50 million it's just, just lunacy money you have to give yourself if this move doesn't work you have to give yourself room to get out of it because you cut portals you've paid Bortles. i think what 13 million mm-hmm. as well in debt money so you, you're basically your quarterback room this year is costing you over thirty million dollars. It's that
2: is just lunacy. Um, yeah, but look where that market is going. It's only going to go up. Then Russell Wilson's going to sign this this crazy deal. Patrick Mahomes is going to sign this deal, and he's going to be at the bottom end of the quarterbacks in those four years. So it's not like there's already quarterbacks on on more than him now, and certain backups. So it's not. This one year, I think if you, if you take a hit like that, it, it looks crazy, but he's only 50 million guaranteed. So There's not going to be 20 every year. We never know. No, but he's not a top 16 quarterback. You, you've
3: named players that are at the top end of their game. You know, Nick, Nick Foles is not a top 16 quarterback. It's just the quickest way to cripple your franchise is to pay an average quarterback a lot of money. Um, and we've seen this with so many teams now uh, for so many years. The Giants are a great example, being an average quarterback, a lot of money, and it cripples them from expanding into other rooms and getting in good players to help with challenges. And this is how mediocre teams stay mediocre or go poor, because you overpay for what is the most important position in the game rather than thinking about nurturing and drafting a talent. I'd rather they drafted one this year, and if it didn't work out, draft one next year, than then pay 50 million for Nick Foles.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, we we could we could argue for for years on this, and you um, say Elon Manning's a hold a whole other different prospect. Uh, on, that's maybe one for for another another podcast. But um, stocks, probably the easiest question from Nick Foles: uh, Does this actually mean anything for, for fantasy football? Because I know you guys obviously like your fantasy football uh, over there on, on Five Yard Rush. What what are we still leaving Foles in the doldrums of, of fantasy football? Yeah, yeah,
4: without a doubt, unless you're Charlie <laughs> and then you can and die on your ship and take him, and that, that's free advice Charlie, by the way Um <laughs> but yeah, I'd, you know you don't take, in redraft, you don't take a quarterback early, and you don't take Nick Foles at all, unless you're in a deep league, and he doesn't have anyone to throw at, and he's got a running back who's only going to play 10 games max so I I'm not touching him with a barge pole, no. and if you do, good luck
3: Yeah, I I could have been the window of 16th to 20th ranked QB for fantasy this year, and that's I think being
2: a little generous. That's kind. Yeah, Mm. I I wouldn't say pick him up. I'm just saying the money. I don't think the money's being as bad as people uh, are making out. I would never touch him in fantasy, but the money's kind of where the market is dictating, and that in that position, people are always going to get overpaid. People weren't happy about the Kirk Cousins deal. Mm. Well, no, that was also because he's bad as well. Yeah, <laughs> that, that
3: doesn't make it any better. He was also really, 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 really badly put together, deal. But and that's why the Vikings won't win the Super Bowl in the next three years.
0: Uh, and the rest of it as well, but uh, let, let's let's quickly skim over some of the other other QBs there. You said Ryan Fitzpatrick, and um, obviously over to the Dolphins, he's got now three three holes punched in his AFC East loyalty card. Uh, obviously the former Bill and Jets, uh, I very much doubt he'll be making it over to New England. So bad luck to him. Uh, Ryan Tannehill to Tennessee again. He could be uh, a, a, a starting quarterback on very very little money indeed. Uh, question Lee to you: Does does Mariota have the the Titans job in week one? Not this year, but next year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he's got to improve. He knows it's all on the line now, and I've I've got faith in him to improve. Um, I, either way, it's not Ryan Tannehill's job. Um, I just think he's been brought in just to have some some insurance policy if Max Mario is you know not completely healthy.
0: Mm. No, absolutely, uh, Mister. Where, where, where Any any of you other guys uh, see Mario to looking el- looking for a job elsewhere in twenty twenty?
1: Yeah, I
3: think he's going into maybe not quite the AAF just yet, but. Um, I don't think he's in the NFL past 30. I just don't think his body holds up. I don't, it's not a knock on him as a player. Um, I just think he, he he's not played 16 games in the league uh, in his career. And it's clear that he has a lot of injury issues, uh, a lot of muscular problems. And he's just really not taking the punishment well. And, you know, he, he, it'd be nice for him to maybe try and get a contract in, in 2020 somewhere. I don't think it's going to be with the Titans. But I don't see him. Um, and that's why they've had to get Tannehill. They had yeah. to get a, a guy who could come in and, and start half a dozen games because they don't believe that Mariota is going to play 16 games. And it's what cost him. It's cost him a playoff berth in two of the last three years. This his injuries. Mm. Yeah. And a franchise yeah. isn't going to continue to put up with that. So I think he's looking for a new job. Um, and then I think he's out of the league before he's 30. Mm.
0: Yeah, obviously, all the injuries was the reason we gave him the uh, the nickname Mister wet, 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 Wet over here on the podcast. But Charlie, uh, so with with his injuries bearing in that in mind, who scores more? Who who has better stats at the end of the season? Mar- Marcus Mariota or Ryan Tannehill?
2: Oh, Mariota, oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I, I I agree with Murph. It's a shame about his durability issues, but he's another one who's had. Big injury problems, but he he has a lot of potential. Remember, he's had five different offensive coordinators for his five years. And then with the standing injury problems he's had, I I think he can take it to the next level. He's so efficient in the red zone, but um, he does need to prove something now. And and I think a 16-game schedule is probably one of the biggest points he needs to prove.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and then to, to round off the, the QBs, Tyrell Taylor uh, charges Blake Balls to the Rams um, and you know for a fact Sean McVay is going to somehow turn him into a first rounder, trade him for a first round in 2020, you watch. Uh, Mike Lennon is over in Oakland and Trevor Simeon is now at the Jets. Any, any of those four guys that anyone wants to talk anything about at all? No. 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 no.
1: Not even as a Chargers fan do I want to talk about Tyrod Taylor. He's the
3: best go. running back quarterback of all time, right? He's not a quarterback. He's just a running back. He's just an expensive running back.
1: <laughs> We're only going to have one of those with Marvin Gordon next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very good, very good. Um, I, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson might turn into Tyrod Taylor 2.0. Who knows? Um, moving swiftly on to the running backs. Not a great deal of money chucked around here, uh, which, again, you know, the... the the stories of, of, you know, it's a replaceable position and, you know, the, the shelf life and, and what have you. Obviously, outside of Le'Veon Bell, there's not a lot of money going around here. But we'll start with uh, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Charlie, did he make the wrong choice of sitting out last year to the tune of £14 Because he didn't get the money I don't think he really he wanted coming into this season. Um He might have actually got more guarantees than, than he would have done at the, at the Steelers. But judging by what he could have had at the Steelers a couple of years ago and, and kind of how it's all played out, has, has he played it wrong?
2: Completely, I think he's. I think he's got it wrong on all accounts. I can't, you know, sit here and say, "Oh, he's done this wrong." He had to do what was was right for him, but I think he he made a massive mistake. Players' careers are only uh, so short. You need to earn and play as much as you can before they're over, and you don't want to live with regret. He he missed out on guaranteed money. It wasn't money that wasn't guaranteed, and now he's fallen short of the deal that he wanted. And the Steelers. Their, their original deal would have ended up paying him more than he's getting now anyway. And he's missed a year of football. So, big, big mistake there. He never really wanted to go to the Jets. There was this whole thing. They would have to pay him $100 million. How he's there for a lot less. Uh, he just wanted out of Pittsburgh. As with another uh, big name over in Pittsburgh, it's all gone wrong there. But uh, I, I, I do genuinely believe uh, it's a move that he'll, he'll regret.
0: Mm. Absolutely, and Murph, you know, everyone would be thinking what what the, the implications are for fantasy football. Where, you know, so this is a two prong. So maybe yeah, both of you guys can can answer one each. Where, where, where does he go in fancy drafts in 2019, and where, where does he finish in terms of points?
5: Uh,
4: uh, difficult, obviously, until the draft's over. But I think I think he goes first round, end of the first, beginning of the second. And Murph's shaking his head at me, so I may have got this wrong, but. <laughs> I think on name value, you you get people who aren't necessarily fantasy football staunches and and they might consider, oh, it's Le'Veon Bell. You know, people forget that he was the number one overall pick until he had his year out and stuff like that. And I think name value, he'll go end of the first, beginning of the second. And I've got to disagree with Charlie a little bit because I think, all right, he didn't didn't want to be in Pittsburgh. And there's obviously something conditionally wrong in, in the locker room in in Pittsburgh for him and Brown to leave at the same time. And I think even if he did stay in Pittsburgh, I think his situation, he's now a young Jets team who have got their franchise quarterback. They've got a defense that, you know, they draft a couple of good pieces and it it could really affect him fantasy-wise because they could run the ball a lot. And if he's going to receive, you know, they've paid him not a lot of money, but decent money for a running back. So they're obviously going to use him. And I think, if you, manage to, if you take him at the end of the first, beginning of the second, I don't think you're going to be too sorry with the decision, personally. Mm. Math. I, can't, I can't see him going in the first round. Mm. I just can't.
3: But, I, I mean, you will get people that will do it, of course, But name recognition and name value. And I'm not saying, I think he's productive. I still think he probably puts together 1,500 yards from scrimmage and I still think he gets six, seven touchdowns. Um, but I kind of see him, if I'm sitting there thinking about where he's going to finish up, I think he's going to finish somewhere probably between running back eight and running back 10. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I would put him in the farm of Joe Mixon, David Johnson, Nick Chubb. Eight and 11, I would mm. say, probably between there.
0: So in drafts, so I actually wrote four names down. You've named three of them. So I was, I was going to give you this or that. So would you, in drafts, you're going David Johnson or on Bell? <laughs>
3: um. I mean, they're both, well, I I would say the reason I would pick David Johnson is I don't like Adam Gay's run schemes. Um, He never, ever does what he should do. We, you know, he had a talented back last year in Miami with uh, Kerry on Drake and just didn't use him, didn't utilize him. His offenses are schematically the worst running offenses the league has seen in the last 20 years. Um, Typically, they end up very low on uh rushing touchdowns, average yards rush per attempt, um, number of receptions for uh running backs, all all very low, historically no numbers. So for me, I don't like Levy and Bell because I don't like Adam Gaze's scheming. Right. Okay. So I I would take of all those names, Nick Chubb, even with the uncertainty with um Kareem Hunt. With Kareem Hunt and also Joe Mixon and his potential injury concerns. I would still take all three of those players above Levion Bell because I just don't trust Adam Gaze
4: to use LeVeon Bell properly. Okay. I, I, I just want to say that I just looked up Levion Bell's current ADP as a fantasy dot com mm. and he's currently going as the one oh six, so the sixth pick of the first round is his current ADP in mock draft.
0: Well yeah, I mean if if you're mock drafting this time of year you need to you need to either get a job or stop watching Jeremy Kyle. So we'll we'll move on from that um us out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've got a couple of other names here just to see how far he might he might fall then Murph. So Bell, uh, Le'Veon Bell or Dalvin Cook?
3: I'm um, I'm probably the ultimate uh, hater on Dalvin Cook, and it's not the talent, it's the injury. So I would take Bell over Cook because I don't think Cook ever plays more than ten games in the season.
0: Right, that's fair enough. And Charlie, probably an easy one for you then, uh, Le'Veon Bell or Le- Leonard Fournette? Mm, Bell. Yeah, uh, we, we shall see, I'll say I, th- I think in the more casual home leagues, I think you can see you'll see Bell go a lot higher than maybe the uh, the, sharp, the more the more sharper guys that play year in year out and um, have fifty leagues like we we or no no doubt do. Um, let's move on to to the next guy, Mark Ingram, uh, three years, fifteen million dollars. Travels over to Baltimore. Uh, Lee, is it, is this the best free agency deal for fantasy football redraft for twenty nineteen?
1: <laughs> wow, putting him on the spot. Um it's up there, yeah, it's a good deal. Um obviously Baltimore are gonna run the ball a hell of a lot, so he's gonna have a lot of volume. I uh, know Lamar's gonna be part of that and a big part of that as well. But yeah, Mark Ingram's gonna be part of that. And you know, they were very successful in what they did last year, and that's with guys like Gus Edwards and you know, Terrence West recently and people like that. And Mark Ingram's a lot better than them, so it's kind of putting two and two together and making four and saying, yeah, it's going to be pretty good.
0: Mm. And Charlie, um, you know, he's getting on in age. Um, were you surprised? At, I know he's not, probably won't see out the three years there, but you you a bit surprised at the length and the amount he got? Um, I'm surprised
2: that the the general excitement about the deal, especially when you say, is this the best for redraw fantasy? I don't know how much Mark Ingram will do at Baltimore. I'm not sure he's going to be a success there. I don't know. We've... With Lamar, how I feel about him and the new direction they're heading, in and how much it's going to be, it'll be Lamar to to be the one who will be mobile. I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe Murph and uh, Chris can tell us a little bit more. But I, I'm not crazy about the Ingram deal over at Baltimore.
0: Mm. Um, Murph and, and, and Stocks, we we'll come to you. So it is is a question for you then? So Le'Veon Bell has had five seasons uh, in the NFL. Mark Ingram has had eight seasons. Le'Veon Bell has had 1,541 touches. Mark Ingram over or under? in nine seasons yep he's coming to his ninth seasons so mark ingram mark ingram has had 1549 touches in eight seasons levin bell 1541 in five seasons it's quite 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 a uh quite an interesting stat there they've only had eight eight touches difference between the two of them despite having three uh three just separate year three more years for for mark ingram but yeah there we go um yeah, interesting to see. What, obviously, yeah, like, there's obviously a lot of Mark Ingram hype, isn't there, over in Baltimore? Ju- judging by how way, the, how well that the Baltimore Ravens rushed towards the en- end of the season, uh, Mark Ingram's replacement, uh, Tavis Murray, uh, goes over to New Orleans. Four years, fourteen million dollar deal. Mur- uh, Murph, what do, we, what do we make of of him for fantasy in real life? Do, do we see him slot into what Ingram played in over the last uh, over the last couple of years in, in New Orleans, or does do we see an uptick for uh, Alvin Kamara?
3: No, I, th- I think you're you're looking at Latavius Murray as as being an undrafted player for me in redraft leagues. In Dynasty, you might have some uh, small value. I think what you're gonna—it's hard to tell, obviously, without training camps. But you look at how Mark Ingram was used, especially in this last year. Um, Alvin Kamara is is an elite talent in the NFL, and the way that they're using Alvin Kamara, or they're using that secondary runner, is really to Restrict and, and not overuse Alvin Kamara. It's a preservation back. So I think you'll see Latavius Murray come into games that are um, almost blown out and games that look sort of nailed on to win, maybe late in games. So I think Alvin Kamara is going to have... He'll probably have an uptick on last year. I don't think it's going to be great. And I think actually he's probably going to be... Uh, Used less, especially with the Saints winning games by two, three scores. I think you'll see Kamara sit out more snaps and keep his snap count down, and that's where you'll see Murray. But do I? The way that Drew Brees slings the ball around, I just don't see Latavius Murray picking up a lot of a lot of touch. He, he he's basically a touchdown or bust fantasy player. Mm. And I can't see him getting an absolute ton when you've got Kamara and you've got the weapons that they've got there, and they've now got Jared Cook there, for example. Mm. So. I think he squeaks a couple, but for me, uh, he might be a good waiver ad early on if you, if, if that game plan plays differently, mm. but that's how I would expect Latavius Murray to be used at this stage.
0: Mm, Murph pissing all over Murray's, uh, Murray's parade there. Uh, Charlie, <laughs> Latavius Murray, 32 touchdowns in his last four seasons. Um, he, he, he's, a, he's a bruising back, isn't he? Just the 1,000-yard rushing season in, in Oakland, I think in his second or third season, if, if my memory serves me correctly. Do, do you agree with Murph, or do you see... Do you see Murray as a bit more of a of a of a of a player there in the backfield?
2: <laughs> I do I do have to agree with Murph there. I, I, I think he's gonna be a compliment rather than a, the first choice. It won't even be a running back by a committee. And I think we what we, what Murph has hit the nail on the head there is the fact that we we saw it with the Rams and Gurley. We we sensed that Gurley sort of most on burnout and the Saints will do well to preserve uh, Kamara, so he'll just be Murray will be picking up the snaps when the games are either won or lost. And now they have so many pieces, like with Jared Cook and Drew Biesling in it. I, I do think he'll just uh, he'll kind of play the similar role that he did with the Vikings, where they wanted Dalvin Cook to be that lead back, but he couldn't. So I do have to say I agree there.
0: Mm. Yeah, interesting say so four years, £40 million as well. I haven't got the, the guarantees uh, in front of me. But Lee, do you, do you agree with the other boys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never been a big fan of his, to be honest. He's um, just going to be picking the slack, isn't he, when Kamara, like he said, goes out of the game or is injured. And, and yeah, I mean, they've got plenty of other people to Yeah, so I'd second everything that's been said, to be mm.
0: Yeah, and despite what we might think of his, his fans' outlook, Latavius Murray obviously making a mint there. Moving on, lovely Lovely jubbly. Um, Tevin Coleman um, talking of running back com- committees um, his poor season pretty much killed his value didn't it with uh, with teams trying, wanting to sign him but he reunites with Carl over in the Bay Area with the 49ers two years, 8.5 million um, rushed for eight, 4.8 yards per carry last season which was, was a bit surprising but uh, Lee we'll, we'll come to you this this backfield is just a, a no-go area for, for fantasy but for for real life, I suppose you know Shanahan's just getting a lot of of similar players, and it's just it's just going to be one he- one hell of a committee, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, if we think focus on it, as like a real life sort of uh, scenario to begin with. It obviously, it's good for Shanahan. He's got lots of options. Uh, People's worked with before, like now with um, Latavius Murray, and then obviously he's had the. Uh, he's worked with Matt brader before, obviously in San Francisco, and he'll finally get Jared McKinnon after he got signed to that big deal last year. So, for his point of view, it's great. Um, you know, I expect San Francisco to have like quite a big uptick in their fortunes next year comparison to last, and now the running backs will be a big part of that. Mm. Um, switching to a fantasy point of view, horrendous. Like you said, I mean, how can you pick? Um, you know, before especially, you know, like I said, if you we know, no, no one's drafting at this time of year, but how can you even pick between these guys because you know, Matt Bader almost ran for a 1,000 yards and, you know, he's not, like, thought of as a great back. And then, obviously, you've got McKinnon who's spent lots of money on now Coleman, who's committed. So, it's just a minefield. I mean, it's piggy poison when you come to that draft night. Mm.
0: Absolutely. And let's not, not forgetting you've got Jeff Wilson and you've got uh, Colonel Mustard as well in the backfield. Stocks, what, uh, is, is this a close your eyes and, and pick one in the later rounds and maybe hope for an, an injury or two and just stash one away?
4: I don't think so. No? I think, I think see... Uh, I just think the signing of Tevin Coleman is so like it was at the Falcons. And Jarek McKinnon is very much like Tevin Coleman. And Brieda, you know, he went for five a carry last year. So they're not just going to drop him after keeping McKinnon on the IR. And they're not going to bring McKinnon back as their number one back. So I, a bit of a hot take, but I think McKinnon gets traded. And they use Matt Brieda as the one and then sprinkle Coleman in like they did in, in uh, sorry, Atlanta with Freeman. I think mm. they're not going to alternate the third down work between McKinnon uh, and Coleman. There's just no, it's nonsensical. And Breda is obviously the biggest hammer of the three. I mean, he's not a true first down workhorse back, but I don't know how you can keep all three in the situation, like you said, with Colonel Mustard and, and Jeff Wilson. So I think I think we see him get traded, McKinnon, and, and Coleman stays as the third down back in the Kyle system. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think his cap is pretty friendly over the next
3: couple of years. Um, I mean, they they could realistically even cut him. I I can't quite imagine it will get to that extreme. Um, But signing Tevin Coleman says to me that that not all is 100% right with with Jarek McKinnon. Um, I don't see why you would have that many backs. So I think I think Stocks is 100% right. I think Jared McKinnon is going to go somewhere, despite what John Lynch has said in the press. He's protecting his asset. He's protecting his values. So yeah, there's no way he's going to sit there and say, oh, no, we're, we're going to trade him away. Mm-hmm. You're obviously going to say, you know, he's going to be back. He's a big part of the team. When you're having to comment on a player like that this early, that says to me there's something to it. And it says to me that he, there are talks going somewhere in the league that he could end up. And there's plenty of teams he could go to and, and go do a job. He's got a few admirers and a relatively cat friendly situation to go and trade for because they lumped most of the money in year one.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I know the Eagles were sniffing around one or two of them, weren't they? So it'd be interesting to see if uh, if that, that comes to fruition. Uh, but it, let's go through let's go through the rest of some of these deals then. Uh, one 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 running back per person. Charlie, start with you. Cream Hunt, one million one year. Obviously the John Dorsey connection there. Uh, eight game suspension. How, how does it how does this pan out for Cream Hunt in in terms of real life NFL? a
2: tough question. Uh, I had to land on Kareem Hunt, uh, I don't know. He's got the eight-game ban. I think, from a brand's point of view, I think this is a a, a great risk-reward deal. It's not much of a, a cap hit, you know. They're, they're taking a a punt on someone who's a fantastic running back in the league, one of the the, the leaders in the league. But um, I don't know what this said about Nick Chubb. Who I, I'm kind of all in on. I'm really high on Nick Chubb, and I feel that he's already got that chemistry with Baker. And I predicted big things for him, but. I suppose, you know, Dorsey's point of view, you've always got to be looking to upgrade the roster. And if you can add potentially a player of Kareem Hunt's uh, ability, then it, then it's a no-brainer. Bring him back to the area that he grew up in, Ohio. That could be a good thing or a bad thing, being near family to look over him or being back with uh, old friends. But, um yeah, for for Chub, I'm not, I'm not so sure. But for the brands, if if they are in contention and they're the new hip team, aren't they? Everyone wants a, a bit of the brands. Apparently, the TV execs are fighting over them for primetime next year. If you're in and around the mix in that AFC uh, North, and you've you, you've got a play with Kareem Hunt standing with eight games to go, then that can only be a good thing. We're seeing the job that C J. Anderson done uh, coming in and backing up Gurley towards the. The, the latter end of the season. Mm. But for Kareem Hunt in the league, this is a whole other kettle of fish, isn't it? But uh, for the Browns, I, I think it was a, it was a smart
0: move. Mm. And talking to Browns, former uh, Browns running back Carlos Hyde goes over to the Kansas City Chiefs, one year, 2.8 million. Lee, is Carlos Hyde fancy relevant in
1: 2019 redraft? No, probably not, I don't think. Uh, they really like Damien Williams. Uh, he played really well for them at the end of last season. You know he comes in he competes maybe he gets few snaps but i think they really like damien
0: williams you know mm. fair enough and uh moving on uh, the evergreen frank gore to the bills to provide competition not only to the running back um backfield there in buffalo but also to, to care, care homes across the uh, across the town um going into his 15th season which actually should be really commended considering some of these uh, running backs that uh, don't even make it five or five or six years but uh Here's a, here's a question for you, Murph. How many playoff games do you think Frank Gore's played in, in his career?
3: It's not a lot.
0: That is, <laughs> that is correct, but can you be a bit more specific well on that one? <laughs> I don't
3: know.
0: Two? Uh, stocks, you want to have a, you to have a poke? Uh, You're going to say three, aren't you? Just so you get the, the over.
4: No, I'm going to go four and go with super <laughs> over. <laughs> I'll go Five.
0: Five. Lee, you have a guess. Oh, zero. Zero. It's actually eight. So eight. Mm-hmm. there okay.
1: you go. I was trying to like play you because I know that you like to throw these little trick questions in. So that's why I went for zero more than anything. Okay. Well, the Niners had a great run, didn't they, with him there? So I knew it was a few when when they were
2: they were battling from their time. But mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah, eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also talking of old Adrian Peterson going into his thirteenth season, season, is back at Washington on a two-year deal. Uh, Lee, what, what does this say about uh, about Darius Geis? Obviously, um, horrific injury last season. I, I assume Adrian Peterson coming in kind of says to us that, that Geis uh, is going to be dicey, obviously, uh, for, for the start of the season. And uh, again, is more, is more of an insurance package for, for, for Geis.
1: Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's a bit behind on his rehab. Um, and that's it, really. I, th- I still think Darius Geis is a really good player. Watched him a lot in college. Was really excited when he came into the league. Thought he could have been up there with Saquon. Uh, being one of the best running backs um, you know, to come into the league in recent time. Um, but yeah, I just think it's still long-term. It's still Geiss's backfield. But yeah, maybe just a bit behind on his rehab, perhaps. I don't
0: know. Fair enough. And finally, the, the other one off-note, Mike Davis, two-year deal over in Chicago. Charlie, does this mean that Joho is a go-go?
2: I, I actually can't believe this thing I want to talk about. I'm really a big, big fan of Jordan Howard. Obviously, NFC North is a division I, uh, I watch. And he's someone that, you know, is in his first... Uh, three years in the league the first two years in the league uh, surpassed a 1,000 yards the first year he was uh, 1,300 yards I think and he had uh, six touchdowns and in the last two years he still had nine touchdowns I think it's an average of eight eight touchdowns if my math serves me right for the three years I can't believe that he's not being utilised more and he's even on the trading block if he is on the trading block I can't believe how like I'd love to know how many teams are after him because I feel like every team should be inquiring I mean he's his stats speak for themselves. He's still 24. He's durable. He's had a few more fumbles last year than he did the first two years. But for someone who we we praise Matt Nagy as a, as a brilliant head coach, he seems to prefer Tarek Cohen. He calls him a matchup nightmare. I, I can't believe that Jordan Howard, for what he's done, isn't a go-to for a lot of teams. And he's so young. I think I think he's a is a brilliant player. I, I'd personally uh, stick with Jordan Howard.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Jordan Howard fan, I must admit. Um, he, he usually ends up on my on my fantasy roster as well. But Murph, uh, what, what, what do you make of A, a the Mike Davis signing and uh, B, Jordan Howard's uh, situation in, in Chicago? Because obviously yeah, his, his, his knock against him was, was his, his, his pass-catching ability. Obviously that's why uh, Mike Davis can kind of do both, and, and obviously Terry Cohen can, can as well. So is that why they, they're going to go with Davis and and, and Cohen and, and get rid of Joe Ho, or...?
3: Yeah, I I think that's the case. Mike Mike Davis is pretty good at working. He's quite an intelligent player, uh, runs very good routes. um, And I think uh, when it comes to, you know, Matt Nagy likes all these sort of trick plays and uh, wheel routes and, uh, you know, he's really creative with his scheming. So I think he wants very versatile backs who are quite intelligent, who can pick up um, playbooks very quickly and and can offer something a little bit different. And that's no no slight on John Howard. I also quite like the player, but he's very much a... A traditional sort of north south runner. And I think Nagy wants a bit more versatility there. And I can see him going somewhere. I mean, he's absolutely no risk to anybody, Jordan Howard, um, other than the fact that you're only getting him on a one year deal. But at 1.1% of the cap, he's a nudge over $2 million. Hmm. It makes complete sense for uh, a team, you know, such as the Buccaneers, uh, Philadelphia, to sign him up for a year. And uh, and see how he gets on because he'll improve what they've got in their backfields already, and it's you know virtually no risk at all.
0: Okay, that pretty much rounds us up for for, for the running backs. So just a couple of people still left on the board. CJ Anderson obviously um, feel rightly should should feel a bit aggrieved of the the Rams signed Malcolm Brown after matching. Uh, the offer from the, the Lions, uh, Lee, Lee. Any particular landing spots you think just to see CJ Anderson find a new home for twenty nineteen?
1: Uh, I think he'd be looking for an injury to pick up and um, a spot on the roster, just fill in a spot. I don't think he's a valuable commodity, even though he had that run at the end of the season.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And uh, also some other t- some other players not getting a lot of love. JJ uh, Dem- uh, Demarcus Ware, Twat, uh, Spencer Ware, and uh, TJ Yeldon. Any any love for any of those guys?
2: Mm, well, I think it's possible C.J. Anderson could maybe, you know, come in as a complement to Mixon and, and link up with Zach Taylor, who's now at the Bengals. So maybe that might be a potential mm-hmm. landing spot.
0: Yeah, don't mind that. Yeah, don't mind that at all. Um, oh, moving on swiftly then to the wide receivers. Not really, um, if it wasn't for the two trades that we, we'll come on to first, the, the wide receiver free agency agency was not all that really that, that fascinating. Uh, Adel Beckham Jr. traded for a first third and Jabril Peppers. Um, Murph at stocks. Who? Well, it's probably an easy answer, but who who won the trade? <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, the Browns,
3: I guess. Wow. Well, uh, basically, yeah, anyone who wasn't called Dave Gettleman yeah. won that trade. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's shocking. Uh, it's terrible. Uh, do you know what? I wouldn't have hated the move if they'd not signed him to the contract. Yeah. Yeah. But but to be paying him you know, 16 and a half million this year, you're paying him basically $23 million not to play for you. Mm. Um, plus you've got not even a particularly good first pick. You've got the 17th pick. Mm. It's not a great pick. Like, it's a first round pick, but come on, it's it's not a top five, top 10 pick. It's, you're not getting a blue chip player there. You've got uh, Jabril Peppers who isn't a bad safety, but he's not, a first, he's not the first round that he was drafted at. He's got maybe a second round grade on him at best. Mm. And then you picked up a, uh, a third round pick, it just, you've got one of the elite marquee talents of the game, who is the face of your franchise, who puts the bums in seats there. And it just sends completely the wrong message because when you're willing to trade a generational talent for not a lot in return, that just says to me, that the organization just doesn't have a clue what's going on. So good move for the Browns. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on them. Um, they're everybody's favorite to win the AFC North, and you know, it's you've got a culture of a team who have historically lost for 20 years and now looking at being heavy favorites in a division for the first time. How do they deal with that? Are they able to keep their feet on the ground with the players they've got, or are you going to have a Jacksonville scenario where as soon as they got that taste of success, do they then implode? And that's 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 a big, big ask for a rookie. Uh, coach in Freddie kitchens who's never coached um, as a head coach at any level of the game so that's something to really think about but they definitely win this trade and and you know which of the 31 teams is not doing that trade Mm. with with new england for for that new york (laughs) wow we'll (laughs) we'll save Dave geltman for another day yeah absolutely I could, I could talk about Dave Gettleman mm. for about 10 hours at just about how incompetent he is at his job.
0: Yeah, we're, we're, we'll save that for some filler during during the off-season. Charlie, obviously I listened to to your podcast uh, uh, say so you, you, you ran down the free agency as well. So, Lee, uh, i come to you. Just, do you want to maybe have a, a word or two on OBJ? Um, yeah, I just
1: want to interject with something that with Murph said. I don't think the Giants are going to stay at 17. I think they're going to use that to move up. I think that's the reason why they're acquiring a sort of mid middle-of-the-range first-rounder and not be too bothered about it.
0: There you go. But your thoughts on the on the OBJ?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's a good player, isn't it, for the Browns, to say the least. Um, you know, it brings more star quality, uh, and it just heaps more pressure on them. Um, yeah, I mean, they are going to be, you know, the top, hot topic, aren't they? They're going to be hyped up. It's whether they can actually deliver and whether they can actually keep the heads, I think.
0: Mm, absolutely. And, and say, OBJ there, leaving the Giants, and the Giants eating a lot of, uh, lot of dead cap there. And talking of eating a lot of dead cap, Antonio Brown traded for a third and a fifth. Uh, so that by that logic, Martavis Bryan plus a fifth round pick equals Antonio Brown, uh, if you want to play it that way. But yeah, Pittsburgh going to be eating that dead cap with some cheese on top. Um, career, t- career high in touchdowns last season for Antonio Brown with, with 15. Uh, Charlie, did he, did he play the system and was he an, a winner?
2: Oh, he certainly was, wasn't he? Player power at its best. It was quite surprising. Pittsburgh said that, you know, that they was only going to do a deal on a trade that was best for them. They were the ball players in this thing. They were the power movers. Yet yeah, Antonio Brown, the Bills looked to be leading the way. Fake news as the, the key quote. He wasn't going there. And then it was this guaranteed money because, you know, apparently throwing your toys out the pram and uh, criticising the star franchise player and the quarterback in Ben Rufflesberger gets you a £20 million extension in the move you want. So uh, I think AB uh, held all the cards in uh, in that battle, but Gruden says, you know, he's no drama, he's the hardest worker out there. And I'm, I'm a big fan of AB and his production, but uh, it, it shows that maybe the players have a, a little bit more uh, power than they think they have or than they used to. Mm.
0: <clears throat> yeah, absolutely, and, and, and Murph, I... Similar to Bell, obviously, where you people will be weighing up, you know, name value over, you know, potentially what production he can do in fantasy football. So I'll give you a couple of names. I won't ask you to to name what round you'd you draft Antonio Brown, but would you rather have Antonio Brown or Mike Evans?
3: Mike Evans for
0: me. Yeah, this is a redraft as well, so yeah, um, Antonio Brown or AJ Green.
3: Or oh, I would I would take Brown because it's done like uh, AJ Green's history uh, history of
0: injuries. And what what color? Brown or green? <laughs> yeah, <it'd be> <laughs> and uh, what about uh, Antonio Brown or Keenan Allen?
3: Oh, it's interesting. We just did a trade the other day where we had Brown, Keenan Allen uh, and Godwin and draft picks. So we, we ended up with Allen and Godwin for Brown and we swapped second and third round picks in the dynasty league. Mm. So I think is very, very similar. Uh, again, Keenan Allen. The only question mark is, is the injuries. I think AB is maybe a slight grade up, but I wouldn't fault anybody for taking one over the other. I think that's pretty
4: close. Mm.
0: And Lee, obviously, uh, yeah, <laughs> with, with with fantasy football, uh, do, does, is he going to be a wide receiver one this season? A top twelve wide, wide receiver because obviously yeah, production in Oakland is not going to be it's not going to be the conveyor belt that the Ben Roethlisberger usually uh, operates. Is it?
1: No, not at all. I think he's taken a significant step down. This is the way that he's he's kind of although he's won monetary wise, he's lost on a, on a playing basis because, you know, he's gone to a far worse team, a far worse franchise, and he's not gonna have, you know he's not gonna have the good quarterback thrown to him. He's not gonna have those around him to take the attention away like he did have in Pittsburgh. So I think you know if we're talking about name value earlier on with Le'Veon Bell, I think he's going to get overdrafted uh, Antonio Brown uh, on name value, and I don't think people are going to be rewarded for it.
0: Absolutely not. If there's one moral to come out of the A-B story is that you know, if you want to leave your partner, you die your moustache gold. Um, but joining <laughs> Just here, joining... to
3: interject on that though, Tim, it just, we've, we've, we've done a lot of research on t- uh, wide receivers that move teams. Mm. Very rarely does a player uh, in the top 10 wide receivers of one year, the following year after a trade or a free agency move, reappears back into the top 10. No. Uh, Brandon Cooks is the only real recent example, and he's done it twice with the Patriots and, and the Rams. But very rarely does a player make a move and then appear back into the yeah. top 10. Sammy Watkins, you see, for example, is, is one, and he effectively got an upgrade in offences and, and still didn't appear anywhere near the top 20, let alone the top 10. So I think ABs may be good enough, but I'd see him more towards... Um, that sort of seven to 10 range in rankings, mm-hmm. uh, than I would seeing him as a top five, top six wide receiver in yeah. for this season.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And say so joining. Joining Antonio Brown over in Oakland is Tyrell Will Williams, perhaps the biggest beneficiary of uh, free agency, does average 16.3 yards per reception, does have upsides, uh, but probably not the best destination he landed in, judging by Jer- Derek Carr's production, uh, in terms of throwing the ball downfield. Um, Charlie, do you like Tyrell Williams in Oakland, for either for you know for real life or, or fantasy?
2: Um, I'm not sure, I think time's going to play out on this one, but we've seen... Uh... The AB, the coverage he gets, you know, he gets double teamed and when, when he went down, Juju struggled a little bit. And if AB's on the field, people pay him attention and this this could only help Williams. So it might help his cause and he might start producing better numbers. But uh, also big news in the wide receiver department over at Oakland today. The legend, Jordy Nelson, mm. has retired. So nice. uh, so Williams' numbers are only going up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And Lee, obviously you are uh, a Los Angeles Chargers fan, uh, Tyrell's former club, and you also have him in in our Dynasty League. Um, So what were your thoughts on him moving to Oakland? Uh,
1: Not great, I would say. Um, Tyrell is obviously better. He's a speed receiver. He's running a lot of vertical routes. He's not... He's not really doing a lot of short intermediate stuff and Derek Carr doesn't throw it deep. So what's he going to do? He's going to be running routes for people making space, I think. I don't think his production is going to go up at all. Hmm. I think he's in a way worse situation, and uh, you know, in both in real life terms and fantasy terms, it's going to be a real down year. So I'm just stuck with a dead horse. I'm trying to flog it,
0: really. Yeah, I'll, I'll bung you a six round pick uh, after after we finish recording. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll 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 cut, we'll cut through the rest of we'll, we'll go um, through the rest of these wide receivers. Because we are running on a tiny bit. Golden Tate uh, goes over to the New York Gi- Giants, and again, we don't need really need to to start Murph off on the New York Giants, so we won't. Uh, Devin Funches, another tight end there for the Colts uh, though I will say look at what Reich said about Ebron last year so might be worth keeping an eye on him um, he signed a one year $13 million deal we call that the, uh, the Dante Moncrief over there in Indianapolis It'll be interesting to see, actually, Funches will be one that uh, either he'll he'll go, someone will will pick him high in drafts or sometimes he might uh, go to the back end. It'll be quite interesting to see how he plays out. Uh, Dante Moncrief, uh, talking of Dante Moncrief, uh, over at the Steelers now, I'm not quite sure how he keeps getting the one-year deals uh, and keeps getting the money. He um, obviously leaves a big hole, uh, tries to vo- avoid their left by Antonio Brown. Then it's the story of the slot guys, Cole Beasley, Adam Humphreys, Jameson Crowder and Randall Cobb over to Buffalo, Tennessee, New York Jets and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, quickly just get your, your thoughts on, on these four guys. Uh, Lee, we'll start with you. Which one's your favourite and which one's the biggest overpay?
1: Can you just name them off again? Sorry, you were breaking up a little bit just y- as I was Yeah, yeah. Cool. that.
0: Uh, Cole Beasley, Adam Humphreys, Jameson Crowder and Randall Cobb.
1: And what's the prices? Sorry to get you through for a year. Bloody hell.
0: Um, hang on. Hang on. Let me... <laughs> how, d- how dare you? Um, let me... Humphreys was £9
1: million
3: a year for four years. Who uh, was
0: that? Randall
2: Cobb was £5 million.
0: Yeah, that's one year. Okay.
3: Yeah, Humphreys was four years, £9 million
0: a year. I think Beasley was three years, twenty-seven. And Jameson Crowder,
1: okay. okay. Jameson Crowder was a bit of the same. I mean Humphreys is the best wide receiver out of them all. I wouldn't touch I wouldn't touch Randall Cobb now. He's getting on, he's had injuries, he's not really been effective for quite a while. Bees is okay, but obviously, you know, he's only gonna work in the slot and Josh Allen, you know, misses layup throws all the time. You know, I'd say Humphrey is just as default really. I'm not a massive Jameson Crowder fan either. Mm. Uh,
0: Crowder was three years, twenty eight and a half.
1: With
0: 17 games, yeah, yeah, it's a big overpay as well. Yeah. Char- Charlie,
2: which one do you like, and which one don't you like? Mm. Oh, excuse me, I really, I really, I actually really like Humphries as a player. I think the Buccaneers will be uh, sad that they lost him, even though it is big money. And it's it's a shame because we do that thing we judge players and we go, "Oh, I'm not a fan of this deal. I'm not a fan of this move." But I mean, Murph and Chris will probably tell you more. It'd be interesting to know Eric. He- LeBron's average draft position last year and then probably where he's going to go this year. We wouldn't have raved about that deal and you rightly mentioned it to him with how Frank Reich spoke about him, Devin Funches, and I actually believe Cobb might do well at the Cowboys because you know what with Cooper and Zeke, he might he might actually fit into that. Um, but I really like the Humphreys deal and, and a deal we haven't spoke about. I, I quite like the John Brand deal who's mm. left the Ravens. Mm. Um, I, I think he's he's also been given a lot of money. I think that was in the twenty plus, just under thirty. But I've I've always admired him as a player. So slot receivers, there was a there was a big market for them, and uh, that's, that's kind of the in thing at the minute. And uh, and I think a lot of teams will be going for one in the draft as well. Mm.
0: Yeah, John Brown was was next on my list, so you've done my job for me there, Charlie. So thank you very much. Sorry, mate. No, no, that's all right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I said last week on the podcast when we uh, we went through with JJ Zacharyson about uh, AFC storylines uh, and the fact that Josh Allen now has weapons and how John Brown is a, is an ideal weapon for someone uh, like Josh Allen. So yeah, really like that as well. Um, any any thoughts on obviously Josh Allen did a lot of damage on his with his legs uh, last year for fantasy, which obviously is a kind of a cheat code. But Murph, um, what do you make of Josh Allen this year for fantasy? With the weapons he now has, that's a
3: good question. Because um, he he's gonna right. be he's
0: gonna be another guy where someone's just gonna buy into it and just take him in uh, some silly round, ninth round or something stupid. But it's obviously you know, I'd expect him to, to probably go double digits. Yeah, just, just I mean, because of the position,
3: he's gonna be a, 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 depending on what type of league in your format, super flex or standard, etc. He he won't be drafted any time before the twelfth some people will draft him some people won't um, some people will look at his rushing numbers uh, he never really rushed in college so I think he scrambled more because that offensive line collapsed so often and he had no weapons to throw to um, I don't think you're going to see him be as mobile as he was this season um, which makes me think he's actually more of a downside because it was only his rushing ability that really gave him any form of fantasy credence at all um, I just he's, he's, he's very inaccurate very scattergunish. I'm not a big fan of the Beasley move for Beasley only because I don't think Josh Allen knows how to use that that slot position well. He, he's going to go gun ho all for nothing. Yeah. I think it could work out for John Brown. I think you'll see a lot of targets. It's just how accurate are they? Hmm. I would personally miss on John um, on Josh Allen at this stage um, because I just don't have enough confidence that he's going to rush for the kind of numbers that made him fantasy relevant this year.
0: No, that's fair enough. And then running off the wide receivers, Cordero, Cordero Patson has gone over to the Bears, the Swiss Army Knife, on the, the uh, American football field. And then you've got the slums of Kevin Bell, Kevin Benjamin, Michael Crabtree, Chris Hogan, Don and Oman, Rashard Matthews, uh, yuck to all of that. Um, let's move on to tight ends, only one or two here to really talk about. Jerry Cook to the Saints, I think, is all but signed. Does anyone love this for fantasy?
4: Yep.
3: Yeah, I think it's a good
0: move. Yeah, I mean, uh, fantasy football is a funny one with tight ends, isn't it? You either you're either probably in the boat of oh, I've got to take one of the top three early in the in the first two or three rounds, or everyone just waits and just plays the matches uh, as they go week by week. So, I, I assume along with Vance McDonald, uh, who we we'll get on to shortly, with uh, the Jesse James uh, leaving. Pittsburgh, Jared Cook's gonna be another one for for. Although he had a good season, obviously in Oakland last year, so he might not drop as far as maybe some people want him to. But uh, yeah, if you're if you're not picking up one of the first three, at least you know people like Jared Cook and uh, Eric Ebron, Vance McDonald, Hunter Henry. At least they're actually this year. seemingly at this point, you know, we are at the end of March. There are viable options there for people that don't want to to spend an early an early pick there on uh, on the tight ends. A um, couple of other tight ends, obviously Jesse James, obviously over to the Lions. I'll be doing the Vance dance in fantasy this year. Um, Bengals, who seem to have a million uh, tight ends, let Tyler Croft go to Buffalo as well. Uh, resigned Tyler Eifert to a one-year deal. And uh, see, uh, Uzoma uh, got a surprisingly big deal. Any any thoughts on, on the Bengals tight ends there? Anyone?
3: Yeah. Uh... Well, Eifert's only going to last three or four weeks and he's going to go down <laughs> with another career-threatening injury yeah. uh, like he does every year. So I uh, wouldn't be drafting him in, in any leagues. And uh, C.J. Zuma is not a bad player. He's a, what you call a streaming option. He's never going to be owned anywhere. But if your uh, tight end's on and uh, you've got one of the top 8-10 tight ends and you need a filler in for a week, you'll do far worse than, than C.J. Zuma to, to fill in when he eventually gets the uh, the job when Eifert goes down.
0: Mm. Eh absolutely charlie any anything from you on offense um
2: not not from the from the tight end standpoint i think the a Jer- very good signing saints clearly wanted a, a tight end they went in heavy for uh, Jimmy Graham last year, but missed that, missed that as he signed for the Packers. And uh, I kind of like this deal. I think Jared Cook's really someone who's an Indian summer of sorts, really sort of fanned his strengths in, in the later part of his career. You know, the earlier part, never made the playoffs and he had the run with the Packers and he was generally a very, very bright spot in a Raiders team that were 3-13 last year. Still put up numbers and done well for him. And, and uh, I'm actually excited about what he can do in a, a New Orleans Saints offense because Sean Payton does does like the Titans and uh, I think that's a, a great move for them.
0: Mm, Indian summer. I like that, that as a nickname for Jared Cook. Might uh, try and shoot <laughs> on that one in. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it wouldn't be, uh, I, I couldn't get through the podcast without talking about defense because Lee, Lee would, uh, would would kill me. But uh, I suppose on the defensive side, it, it was much more exciting from a transactional standpoint. And obviously all the, the pieces moving about. Um, so we'll just go around the table. Lee, start with you. Obviously you, you love a bit of defense. What was your, what was your favorite uh Defensive signing, or is there is there a team that stood out to you that, that have uh, uh, immediately uh, improved on defence?
1: Well, I'll, I'll attack that in two in two parts. So obviously, Charlie might might like this one. My favourite signing was Adrian Amos. Woo! Uh, yeah, I think he's a great player. <laughs> obviously, taking off a divisional rival as well uh, makes the defence better, makes other teams worse, and he's still really young as well. And I think they got him in quite an affordable deal as well. So, winner winner chicken dinner all round, I would say mm. for that one. Uh, Just what do you think, Charlie? Actually, just bring you in just before we've gone to the second part of that.
2: No, I really like that signing. Obviously, it sounds like I'm very biased, and I am. But um, (laughs) no, (laughs) I I think any any signing and. I'm really high on any signing for any team. If you strengthen your side whilst weakening a division rival, these are the teams you play home and away twice a year. I think, and especially when it's not just a fringe signing, when it's someone who's a key foundation core piece of that team, the part of the nucleus, it, it, it's only a great thing. It, it sort of sparks the rivalry in between the fans. And also, there's not just much you're signing for a player that what they're going to give you on the pitch. There's there's a lot to be learned at, you know, secrets, how they work in the building, anything that he can unlock, you when you're watching it in film. Maybe I'm, re- I'm 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 always trying to look into it much deeper than I can. But I think signings where you you stay in the division. I love them. Look at Landon Collins for uh, the Giants, and now he's gone over at Redskins. Typical Redskins making a splash. But I love that it's from the from the Giants and what that brings. I just any any divisional swapping signing. I'm a
0: massive fan of mm. Adrian, Adrian Amos, four years, thirty-seven million. I've I've got in bold here signing of the free uh, defensive free agency for me.
1: Yeah, 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 I completely agree. Yeah, it, like you say, Charlie, I think I completely agree. Obviously, when you come over, you get the secrets. Obviously, you know things like the language that they use and the the code that the the team that you've come from are going to use. They're going to change it, but that's still disruption that you're causing uh, to that team, which is obviously a positive for you as as massively as a, a divisional foe. Uh, yeah, Tim, I'll just come to you. What was your one year? It was who's What team has? Um, yeah, what which team which, has benefited the most? Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think the Packers, you know, obviously the Packers went out and attacked. Another another weakness that they had was pass rush. And obviously they went out and got uh, Zedario Smith and Preston Smith. So again, the Packers were up there uh, with that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, Zaynary Smith, four years, sixty-six million dollars. Uh, Preston Smith, four years at fifty-two, spending a lot of money there. Just so I can shoehorn, try and shoehorn in, in uh, the Smiths uh, reference, but I don't have one on me. So, lucky you, boys. Um, Murph, at stocks. We'll, we'll come to you. Any any favourites there? Obviously, uh, one of your boys, uh, Murph Quan Alexander, uh, signing with the 49ers. He's obviously gone from the from the Bucks. But so, what did you, what did you like in free agency?
3: Uh, I like the fact the bucks didn't overspend (laughs) which is always good Um, my favourite deal defensively was uh, Justin Houston to the Colts thought that was a phenomenal bit of business Um, very cap friendly very affordable deal uh, for a guy who you know has played almost 2,000 snaps in the last two years with 112 pressures he's going to be a fantastic pairing with Darius Leonard defensive player of the year so uh that's a scary scary line to to consider mm. so i i think for me that that's the best bit of business because I, I weigh it up you might argue that there are a few better players that went but you have to look at have you hemorrhaged your super bowl window by overspending on some of these players see for me players like d ford was massively overpaid uh landon collins Hard to say that he was overpaid given the talent he is, but that's a huge cap number you have to carry now for the next few years. Mm. CJ Mosley massively overpaid. Mm. So there they are players here that that will improve teams, but at what cost? At what positions are they going to be uh, negated? So I really like what the um, what the Colts have done with adding Houston. Me, the the team of the the window would be the Titans. I just really like what they've done. Uh, in terms of what they've added, they've filled a lot of holes, um, got themselves that insurance policy with Ryan Tannehill, Roger Stafford, Adam Humphreys, Cameron Wake, uh, Kenny Vaccaro, and uh, and Brett Kern the putter as well. And they've done it without spending really, really silly money. Um, like Tannehill's costing them two million on the cap this year. It's mm. Like it's virtually nothing. So it's a, a great bit of business for them, and. I, I just really like what that front office has done and I wouldn't be surprised if they're a playoff team come January
0: mm. yeah Stocks are you, are you still with us yeah I'm here I'm here <laughs> yeah I just, I just want to actually I want to have a quick shout out to Cameron Wake, 37 years old signing a three year 23 million dollar deal uh, to go over to Tennessee so shout out to him for, for getting that money um, at that at that age as well but uh, Stocks any, any any highlights for you Tyron Matthew to KC to or uh, who, else have I, who else have I got here because uh, obviously, you've got the Baltimore d- defence as well, the Exodus, uh, which I compared to last week, like a stag group uh, stag group in, in Magloof Bar when the free t- drink tokens have run out. But uh, yeah, um, Zanarius Smith, like we say, over to the Packers. CJ Mosley over to the Jets. Tyrell Suggs to Arizona. They cut uh, Eric Weddle, who went to, to the Rams. They brought in El Thomas. Um, but yeah, surprising the amount of people. But again, it's, it's probably a case that they didn't want to overpay for the players and decided to move on.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And but what Baltimore do really well in the draft is draft good defensive pieces. Yeah, and, and tight ends. And tight ends. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> defensive pieces we're talking about. Um, I think they'll do really well in the draft and add to to their. They've still got a lot of good key pieces on that defense. They lost some of the captains, but I think I think they'll do well in the draft in replacing. And then I think my personal favorite, being a Broncos fan, is the fact that we needed cornerback help desperately. And I think by adding Kareem Jackson and Bryce Callahan on two three-year deals along with Chris Harris Jr. means we don't have to grab a cornerback and not a great cornerback class in this year's draft. Mm. So I think it allows us to work elsewhere on the holes we have. So I, I like that personally. Mm.
3: A lot of money for
4: Jerome James though, didn't you? Yeah. A of money. <laughs> that kid got paid. Overpaid, I'd say. But teams are doing it now, aren't they? You know, yeah.
0: Fifty one million four year deal, thirty two million guaranteed. That's uh, that's some monies. Yeah. Um... so much
2: money it makes the Nick Folk signing look like a fantastic one, don't you
5: think
0: <laughs> <though>? <laughs> Very good, very good. Uh, Charlie we come come to you, a couple of names still on the board from the defensive side. Uh and Dominican Suzy Gionsa. Uh any any ideas of where they may end up?
2: Well, apparently the Rams won't be re-signing Sue, and Ziggy Ans is waiting until April to see how his injuries heal up. Um, I, I, Sue's an interesting one because he's earned so much money. Surely now he, he wants to he wants to be part of a team like the Rams, who are chasing Super Bowls, chasing rings. He, he's earned the money. He's, his only motivation should be that. And I think for still what he can give you, if he's willing to, you should try to negotiate. If, if you can, a more of a team-friendly deal. Look, he's earned your money. We're all after one thing. Join, join in the fight and, and go and get it because he's still he's still a quarterback wrecker. He's a game wrecker. And the same for Ziggy you know, he's not, well, not the same, but he's not really lived up to that potential. But if, after the quarterbacks, you know, it's, it's stopping the quarterbacks. They're the they're next important positions and they're, and they're certainly paid like it. And if they can sort of get back to that production, then you, you, you almost take that gamble and you take that chance. And, uh, they both will be signed where is an interesting one Sue's certainly interesting because I think if you're in and around that fight Sue should uh, Sue should be on the other uh, line of the phone
5: no,
0: Absolutely and uh, talking of you know, say Sue is undoubtedly a wrecker I'm going to wreck the, uh, the this segment of the podcast by ending it because uh, that brings us to the end of the free agency roundup so I want to extend my my greatest thanks to the boys from 5 Year Rush and Charlie Ice the kicker as well uh, thank you so much for coming on fellas it's been an absolute pleasure
3: Thanks for having us, mate, and uh, we'll
0: meet up soon for a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, down yeah. south in, in a couple of weeks' time. So yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we we'll get a, a hashtag Pod Recognises Pod uh, selfie social media stuff. <laughs> stuff. stuff going yeah, thanks
2: on. for having thanks for having me on. team appreciate yeah.
0: that. Yeah. For anyway, so we we uh, we promote obviously your your podcasts on our, our social media on the Twitter. But uh, Charlie, do you, to, do you want to tell the little listeners out there how they can uh, get a hold of you in the podcast? Yeah, yeah,
2: they can find us at. Uh, at ice the kicker pod, and uh, yeah, we're, we're there, we, we, we don't know maybe as much as you guys, but yeah, we're just there providing a little bit of the sprinkler, the latest news, and, and getting out the fans' views and debates.
0: Hey, 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 we're all in the same boat, son, we are all in the same boat, I really really enjoy your podcast, as I do the 5 at Yard Rush podcast, Murph, do you want to tell the listeners out there how they can uh, get in, get hold of you and and your podcast, and, and obviously Stocks as well?
4: Thanks, mate,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it with the Stocks. So, yeah, this is your time Yard to shine, stocks. Bring it home, right. son. Bring it home.
4: <coughs> um, we're Five Yard Rush. Is, you know we're on Twitter and Instagram at Five Yard Rush, and we're setting the fantasy football world alight with hot takes and general banter.
0: There you go. Boom. There you go. Horse. The horse is in the uh, in the in the stables. Bride it home. As a, there's a Broncos joke for you, stocks.
4: Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Lots of questions posed there to the boys from Ice the Kicker and Five Year I Appreciate them answering all of them. But now it's time to answer some more questions in the full 10 questions. Quiz time here on the full 10 yards. And today's contestant is Steve Hoare from Cover 2 TV. Steve, we welcome you in.
5: Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate, appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah, so we're, we're, i say on the on the full ten yards here, we're looking for that elusive nine or, or ten out of ten. And say so if you can get ten out of ten, we will give you uh, a prize as well. Are uh, you confident of a, of a, a high score?
5: Um, I, I was until you told me you no, know, beaten eight before. So um, <laughs> if, I, if I can if, if I can do average, I'll be happy. As no one embarrass myself. Absolutely. Uh,
0: just before we get into that, Steve, do you want to just talk about your uh, your Cover Two TV uh, channel?
5: Yeah, of course. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so Cover2TV, you can find us on YouTube or you can find us uh, on pod- as a podcast as well. Um, me and the guys, uh, Chris and Geno, who host it, we've had a little break after the end of the season, but mm. we're about to get um, get back into all you know free agency and the draft. We, we do like the draft, so there'll be more videos up on the YouTube channel soon. Like I say, everything we do, we we produce as a podcast as well. So mm. if people want to check it out, like I say, if you just follow our Cover2TV on, on Twitter and we'll, we'll post all the links from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so if you want to get in touch with Steve on Twitter as it's well at Hoare, S-T-E-H-O-A-R-E. So, Steve, without any further ado, are you ready for 10 questions? I am. OK, so just to lay the rules out, 10 questions, no time limit, but if you take a bit too long on a certain question, we shall move you along. And so, yep. yeah, we will go through all the answers at the end. So let's start, as we always do, with question one. Uh, where do the Detroit Lions play their NFL home games?
5: Oh, four fields.
0: Matt LeFleur is the head coach of which team?
5: My Green Bay Packers.
0: <laughs> ben, uh, question three. Ben Roethlisberger wears what number? Seven. Uh, who did the Atlanta Falcons take in the first round of the 2018 draft?
5: Calvin Ridley.
0: Question five. How many yards does a full start penalty incur? Oh, five. Uh, Question six. Which team in the AFC North has one letter as its logo? Sorry, can you repeat that, sorry? Yeah, sure. Which team in the AFC North has one letter as its logo? AFC North? Oh.
5: Is it the... No. Um, I'm going to... The AFC North logos? I can't think of all the logos and I can't think of any. Um, is it the Browns?
0: Okay, question seven. Which team in the NFC West last contested in a Super Bowl?
5: In the NFC West, um, Seattle.
0: Okay, name any team, question eight, name any team that Jay Cutler has played for in the NFL. Oh, The Bears. Uh, question nine. Which player scored the most combined receiving and rushing touchdowns for the Oakland Raiders in 2018?
5: Oh, um, maybe Gerald
0: Cook. Okay, and then rounding this off, question ten. How many rece- You might like this one. How many receiving yards within 100 did Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams get last season? Oh,
5: he went over 1,000. I was the nearest 100. I'll say one thousand
0: one hundred. Okay, that's all. Ten questions.
5: How do you think you did? I think I might have got the uh, the first start one wrong, but other than that, I think I, I was put on the spot. But I think I did okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's go through it. So uh, Detroit Lions are of course hard field food. So yeah, uh, one out of one there. Green Bay. Say yeah, uh, got two two Green Bay questions there. So uh, the, I was
5: lucky there, wasn't Yeah, like that, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Matt the floor. What do you what you make of Matt the floor over there in uh, Green Bay? Yeah. Um,
5: to be honest, I was surprised when they hired him to, because it, it was it wasn't a name that was mooted about. There was a lot of there was lots of talk about Josh McDaniels, which I was quite happy with. I thought I wanted someone offensive-minded, so I was happy with that. But okay, it was a shock when um, when he was announced. I think knowing Sean McVeigh helps. I think everyone wanted the new yeah. Sean McVeigh. So, but uh, yeah, I, I I was surprised. I, I've seen bits of him, and he's he seems quite a you know a, a chilled out guy. Where which will be good because I think you need that in Greenway, but mm. uh, it remains to be seen. Ho- hopefully, it'll go better
0: than last year anyway. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I took the words right out of my mouth. Hopefully, it goes a bit better than he did uh, maybe over in Tennessee. Uh, but let's go back to the quiz. Uh, question three, Ben Roethlisberger is, of course, at number seven. Calvin Ridley was the uh, the wide receiver taken by the Atlanta Falcons in last year's draft. Full start is five yards, so well done on that one. Oh. So, five out of five so far. Uh, question six, uh, which AFC North team has one letter in its logo? It's the B for the Cincinnati
5: Bengals. All right, okay. oh god, it is. I, I was, I was, I, was, I couldn't remember Cleveland. I thought, I thought their logo was a tiger, but it's a, it's a B in the shape of in the tiger stripes, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think the, I think their throwback logo I mean. is the is the tiger, isn't it? I think off the top of my
5: head, but um, yeah, that that, 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 that confused me that one.
0: Uh, question seven: Which NXT, NFC West team last contested Super Bowl was, of course, the LA Rams?
5: Jeez, last year. <laughs> Yeah, it was that boring, I completely
0: forgot. Absolutely, I, I was yeah. No, up in, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Jake, Jake Cutler, of course, was uh, the Bears. You could also have had Denver and Miami. So correct yep. on that one. Jared Cook was the uh, the Oakland Raiders' top uh, top scorer in, in terms of touchdowns last season for the Raiders. And Devontae Adams is thirteen hundred and eighty six, so just a bit outside the the hundred down. Really? Um, I didn't realize
5: it. I thought he it was less than
0: that. No, it was. It's, it's a quite, quite a few. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, seven out of ten altogether. So uh, yeah, not not too bad. Um, yeah, good, yeah, good. effort I'll there. Take that. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take that. Well, Steve, thank you so much for for joining us here on, on the full ten questions. I uh, hope you hope you enjoyed it, and I say. Uh, I I'm not before before I spoke to you I wasn't too uh, wasn't too aware of your cover two T V but uh, you've just you found yourself a new follower as well. So how at the very the very least you've gotten that. So Cheers, Tom. Mm. uh we'll speak to you we'll speak to you soon and uh, all the best with your with your podcast in the upcoming season. Cheers, mate. Seven out of ten there on the full ten questions. Again, if you want to get in touch to have a go and put your knowledge to the test at full ten yards on the Twitter. But, Lee, just before we round it off, obviously quite a long a long podcast there. A lot of things going on. Obviously, free agency is a, a bulky subject. Um, but, obviously, mm. the, the next week or so is quite an interesting time for us with the, with the revamp going on, um, lots of stuff going on on with us. So it might be worth just to, to tell, telling all the listeners out there what, what, what we've got coming, up, uh, coming over the next week
1: yeah so a few things are uh, just coming on we're gonna start this on Monday aren't we um yeah. so so a few things are gonna quite subtle uh just like a little uh, new intro on the podcast um you know we're just changing up, adding a few little things in uh, not gonna reveal all right now, but obviously from next week that'll all become clear. Uh, and then obviously that new logo that we've been discussing in depth over the last few weeks that'll all get a start to use, that'll all start to be used, sorry. And uh, yeah, just a bit of a new look, just freshens us up for the new season, uh, moving forward and into our second year together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, season two. Uh, yeah, so our, we started all this time, this time last year, wasn't it? With with, with draft season, but mm. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna freshen up the logos, do some drops. Um, social media is gonna ramp up a little bit as well. Loads of loads of stuff going on there daily. Yeah. Um, so that, that's going to keep us busy, and obviously we'll have, we'll have a competition as well as we announced with uh, my touchdown box uh, to to celebrate kind of of the revamp. But whilst that's all Absolutely. going on, Lee, obviously we're we're still dropping these articles, aren't we? Where do they go from here? Obviously the uh, this week is where where are we this week? I can't remember NFC South, isn't it? And NFC um, South, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So um, I've got the Panthers one dropping tomorrow, and then you'll have the pleasure of. Um, Bringing in Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Books.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Friday. Yeah, yeah. And say so we, yeah, we have some other things uh, in the pipeline as well. As and I say in April, we'll be uh, all draft, all focusing towards the draft and ahead of the you know kind of the build up now into the 2019, 2019 season, isn't it? It's a good time to kind of draw a line under it, freshen up, uh, and then and then go again. So exciting times. Looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Draft season is the best season. Christmas is right
0: here. <laughs> maybe, maybe just for you, but uh, yeah. I'm going to say next week we'll be turning our attention on uh, on all our podcasts now for uh, for the draft. Obviously, we talked to to Roger as well regarding the, some of the rule changes, like I said earlier in, on the podcast. So, to, so to watch out from that. So, but for, for for this episode, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, really enjoyed that uh, talking to the boys there. so it's always nice when you talk to to the guys on the on the podcast. you listen to uh, as well. So uh, until until next uh, next week, watch out for watch out on your social media for 10 yards uh, for the changes that are coming your, your way it's going to be interesting it's going to be fun um, it's certainly going to be a lot of fun for us doing it but until next Wednesday when we speak again it's goodbye from Lee
1: yeah goodbye everyone uh, see you on the other side have a good weekend
0: uh, it's goodbye from me too uh, thanks for listening everyone we'll speak to you next week in the great words of Kevin Cadle it's bye bye for now bye bye